0: can't want to. How is this? Is this a bit loud? Is it? It's a touch. Yeah, it's a touch loud, maybe. <clears throat> How, uh, how's testing, testing, testing? A little bit lower. They don't need that much of me. Uh, how's that lower? Dave? Testing, testing, testing. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. I can't not since I'm I I can't avoid it. Uh, my son <coughs> has come home. Uh, my son Adam here, <coughs> and uh, you've heard about Adam from time to time. <laughs> Oh, that guy. Have you seen him grow up? You've seen him grow up. <clears throat> oh, has he grown up? Oh, <laughs> no. he's growing up. He's definitely, he's, uh, yeah, he's developing in just a beautiful way. And it's really great to have you back here. Um, and Adam, you know, know—he's he's, he talks about having an edge in life. He's kind of edgy. He's Dedicated to the Dharma, but with a little bit of an edge. Not like his yin dad. You know. <laughs> so, uh, he, he's encouraged me as a kind of loving invitation to, uh, to give a talk uh, spontaneously with no notes and, uh, and prepared. So, oh, you too? <laughs> So, um, sometimes uh, these talks are called Dharma talks, sometimes they're called, called Dharmets. If, uh, if it's a short talk, we call it a Dharmet. We'll, we'll see how long this goes. Um, so, I, I can't um, pretend that I haven't reflected on what's going on in my life. Actually, that's one of the best things about being in the Dharma seat. If you have to give a talk, you've got to be looking at life with some kind of eye for new material, (laughs) if not a little bit of wisdom. And so the, the question often is what am I learning now? And other times it's Oh, what is life revealing to me now? How is it touching me? Sometimes it's, how do I get out of this confusion inside? Oh, I'll just write a Dharma talk on it and just see. But um, I have uh, been reflecting on just the last last week or two, a few things that have really touched me. That's often how Dharma talks come together. Something really moves you and touches you in a place in the heart that makes you come alive and makes you either reflect and say, oh, wow, I hadn't looked at things in that way. Or maybe something that you've seen a hundred or a thousand times and you just feel it in a deeper level and are fortunate enough to be touched by life. And when it touches, You, when it touches me, it's like it kind of hits pay dirt, you know, and it's like, oh, here's life really moving me. And the the best thing that I can think of in doing with that, doing in experiencing that is to just share in whatever way, small way I can um, to maybe activate or help stir something in the people listening. So this last week and a half, almost two weeks, I was up in uh, British Columbia. Jane and I went up to um, British Columbia. We did a, an Awakening Joy workshop in Vancouver together. That was really great. And then we did a um, a five-day retreat in uh, on Vancouver Island this uh, beautiful center uh, Bethlehem center in a town called Nanaimo and then we visited uh, the Victoria community Victoria Sangha a thriving Sangha um, and um, met with the Sangha there I gave a public talk and I also met with the people who are on the council planning committee and there were um, a couple of a couple of things from that trip that have stayed with me. Um, we met in Victoria this fellow named Patrick, who, um, and this, when I met him, this is at a, an evening dinner for, um, for about a dozen people or so. Um, and Patrick, I was told, and, and then we got into a discussion, um, has um, inoperable um, liver cancer i 'm not sure if that was the main site but he's he's he had gone through it before and then it, it came back and and um, and so he 's not having any treatment this time and he 's this guy with the the most amazing radiant Presence and a uh, great smile that kind of just lit me up, and I was wondering, oh, i, I wonder what how Patrick, how it's going to be meeting Patrick, and um, it was great meeting him. And he started, he made a, a joke, a little uh, reference to his his situation, something about in his condition, and then he kind of made a little passing comment, and, and Jane uh, opened the door and said, well, what exactly is your condition? And then he shared about it and what he was going through. But he shared it as he said, um, just the next adventure, isn't it? And he he was not in denial You know, sometimes it can be, you can feel, get that sense, you know, oh, is this, when's the the shit going to hit the fan? And, uh, you know, are they ready for it? This guy has been around the block. He knows the scoop. And he just says, next adventure, what to do? You know, you've got, I can either wish it weren't that way or say, okay, What's this ride going to be like? And he then proceeded to make you know a number of really you know funny jokes and witty and uh, and repartee, and you know was, and we just kind of relaxed into into hanging out, but I couldn't resist asking. I said,, um, "Gosh, were you always like this?" You know, you know I figured, well, some people are just born. You know, m- looking at the bright side of things. You know, it was and so I really want to know: is that is this your temperament? You know, were you always born like that? Were you always like this, coming out of the chute? And uh, <laughs> I say, and uh, he said, oh no, oh no, no, no. I said, really? He said, oh no, no, no. You you must understand. I was um, I was born in England, uh, raised in Coventry. Uh, by a very Victorian family, which is another way of saying no affection um, uh, in his in his mind. Very little uh, warmth, and his and he was he was raised in um, uh, during the uh, w- during World War II, and they were going through bombing and bombing shelters. And actually, his house was was blown. Um, blown away, and they were down in uh, or one one wall and the roof was completely blown while uh, you know they were in the bombing bomb shelter or something like that, so there was a lot of understandable anxiety and 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 fear that the family had, and um, you know, he did not necessarily see the bright side of things you know. so I said, Well, how did this happen you know why is it so much fun being around you? And and he, you are going through what you're going through. How how is did that transformation take place? And uh, he said, uh, well, it really happened uh, about I think it was 26 years ago when he he'd been doing some uh, some downhill skiing and a, a few athletic. Things and uh, he was getting some bruises and needed to uh, needed to limber up his body and he went into a, went to a yoga class and in the yoga class um, the teacher taught a little bit of meditation and as soon as he got into that and saw oh there's a whole inner world inside. There's a whole possibility. It was like it was this seed just waiting for fertile ground. As as he got into that meditation stuff, he said, I just really was fascinated by it. I want to learn more and more and learn what I could. And one thing led to another. And then he met his wife, who was with us uh, shortly after. And she was into meditation. And he said, my whole life changed And I started to see there was a whole other way to be. And so the gratitude that I have for my life and seeing another way, um, I I can't express in words uh, because it, it saved me. Okay, I was very moved by that. Another person that I met up in british columbia was uh, on the retreat an older woman um, who was uh, eighty two she was the oldest woman on the retreat the oldest person on the retreat and uh, she came into an interview also really beaming it's so, it's so interesting when you go when you're having interviews and it's one person after another it's like there's a you're tuning into a new show every 15 minutes a completely new show sometimes people say gosh it must, must be so exhausting you know and I'm saying no not at all you know sometimes it can be a lot but often it's just oh I get to tune into you know the Barbara show now you know I get to tune into the Harry Show, yeah. and it really takes you out of your own mind because there you are, just there with somebody else. And uh, this woman was 82, um, just talking. She's saying it's gotten so much simpler now. People talk about getting old and and the um, the problems that come with it, and certainly there's you know physical discomforts, but you know, I, I don't, my mind is not nearly as, as sharp as it, as it was. And uh, it's just become so simple. I don't have to remember or figure anything out. You know? Oh, that's pretty cool. She said, it is. It's just, you know, there's some, when I think of all the things that i thought about in my lifetime, <laughs> and they're just kind of, gone what's what 's the point of figuring all that? Out? I know a whole lot of people who are young really are trying to sort things out. you don 't need that stuff you know and I said, wow that 's pretty far out and she she said she she lost her her uh, husband three years ago and um, a husband of like you know forty years I think something like that and um 46 years, I think it was. And yet, she said, it was, it was very much like, um, like Patrick. She said, this is a whole new chapter in my life. It's become so simple. I can meditate when I want. I can take it easy when I want. I can try new things. And uh, I don't have to plan. It's just what, what's, what's next that's going to be fun to explore? I said, "Wow. Again, you, you must did you come from a really neat nurturing family?" You know. She said, "Oh, my sister is so different from me. My sister just sees what's wrong. My sister, I don't know, you know, how she can she can stand it, but just everything is this big drama. It's so it's so sad." But I don't have to be that way. So those two interactions really stayed with me. And then um, this week on Tuesday, uh, Jane and I and uh, another couple went to the um, play that's happening right now at the Berkeley Rep called uh, Let Me Down Easy. Anybody see it here? Pretty amazing. It's a one-woman play. They've just extended it, by the way, I think from August 10th to September 4th. It's been extended. This is the second extension. It's a one-woman play by Anna Devere Smith, who's this amazing genius. Um, And it's... um, what she did were, was interview 300 people over the course of a few years. And in the interview, she would ask them some questions and um, uh, record the conversations and verbatim um, hear what, what they said, um, much about uh, the body. It's about... It's a it's a, an exposition about how we relate to our bodies, how we relate to life, and also, it's got some very moving, poignant um, vignettes about the healthcare system in our country. Um, but that's just one part of it. It's not the whole thing. And and out of these three hundred interviews, she whittled it down to twenty interviews of some famous people lance armstrong she spoke to and lauren Hutton, the supermodel ann richards the former governor of texas who you know who was this amazing it's amazing you could fall in love just with ann richards through anna devere smith you know wow that's someone i want to hang out with and i highly recommend seeing it and she she what she did um, was not only listen uh, and and uh, watch the the video but like play it over and over to get the the accents and the ticks and the and the the little the little unique qualities about them and she was she 'd be channeling these people a few weeks ago when i Gave the talk about shifting the focus, and I was talking, uh, and the song—it's still with me. The Donovan song, "Season of the Witch." I don't know if you were here when I uh, gave that talk, and the 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 the, the words that go, um, "When I look out my window, many sights to see, and when I look in my window, so many different people to be—that is strange," and that's stayed with me but seeing so many different ways there are to move through this world. Some of the vignettes that Anna DeVere Smith was sharing were people who were very wise, deeply compassionate, working in in the uh, the Charity Hospital in New Orleans, after Katrina, this this doctor who couldn't believe that the people there who were the poorest of the poor were left as they as they were, and uh, just so moving with the compassion and the and the pain and the poignancy that that she shared, uh, and other people who were in the medical profession who just didn't see who the people were, not just those people who'd, who just you know, saw, hey, we're in a business here and we've got something to, you know, to run. And, um, and the whole gamut in between of, of the people who just loved life and didn't want to miss it and those that missed it, basically. And again, thinking about Patrick and about this other woman, Barbara, and then seeing all these, all these different people, it's just made me think how many different ways there are to go through this life. Most people don't have a clue that there's a choice that they can make. But one of the gifts of the Dharma is that there is a choice. Just like Patrick made that choice when he went to that yoga class. Although it's you can't say he made the choice. It was like something gets activated in us if we're fortunate enough to be exposed, if we have good enough karma that we can be exposed to another way, whether it's Buddhist meditation practice, or a very inspirational Christian, or Jewish, or Muslim, or Hindu practice, or other kinds of practices, or just a a really good Unitarian church, you know, which is kind of the non-religious church um, that I respect deeply, just about goodness, And there's something that can somehow be touched that it's a kind of mysterious thing how when you've been touched and you can't ignore it, you can't pretend that something hasn't touched you that makes you look in another way. Although there's lots of people who are exposed to wonderful teachings that that aren't touched in that way. The Buddha was called the teacher of those who could be taught. Yeah. How does that happen? I mean, there you are in front of the Buddha, right? And you say, oh, well, I've got better things to do. You know? <laughs> or I don't get it. I don't get what the big deal is. You know, Just like there were people who were in... in and exposed to Jesus or other great teachers who not only didn't get it, but were jealous or wanted to... Hello? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Buddha. (laughs) Thank you. Who just bypassed that connection. Isn't that mysterious? I'm r- reminded when i was um when I was younger m- uh my and still probably one of my favorite authors of all was herman Hess and uh I don't think I said this the other uh, a couple of weeks ago. Did I mention him a couple of weeks ago? no okay because I meant to, but i didn't uh so here it is uh do you remember Steppenwolf? and uh he, he, the Harry Haller finds this treatise for the Steppenwolf, and it kind of blows his mind. And then he decides to to go out and see what life is about. And he he meets he goes to this place that says "magic theater for Mad Men only." Do you remember that? And he goes in. oh, I'm just getting shivers uh, chills as I think about it. And there's all these doors. Every door, he opens a door and he goes into a complete reality where he is a character in that reality. He kind of tries that on for size, whoa, Then he leaves. And then he opens another door, a complete different reality. Some that are filled with bliss, some that are nightmares, some that are moving, some that are boring and mundane. So many different people to be. But if you've been fortunate enough to somehow be moved by the Dharma or by life in a way that says, wait, I've got a face in this direction. Oh, maybe life can be an adventure. Maybe as tough as I've had it, there's a way that I can not only survive or rise above, but transform my suffering into real compassion, as we all know people who've done that. Whether you call it grace, or you call it good karma, or you call it the mystery. When you've heard that call, don't ignore it. You might wish you could ignore it sometimes. I remember Trungpa Rinpoche saying, you know, the spiritual journey is fraught with with perils and pitfalls and difficulties. And so think carefully before you start it. But once you start, it's best to finish. Because if you start but you don't finish, there you are kind of stuck in an awareness of both what could be, and you say, oh, I'm not there. Oh, I'll never get there. Who was I kidding, I think. Or an awareness of all the ways that you are in the world. You know, like they sometimes say, self-knowledge is often bad news. You know? <laughs> um, say, oh my goodness, I'm doing that and doing that. And you can get kind of stuck in the awareness of how it is and how you are, but not have either the courage or the inspiration to keep going and to make a commitment to wake up. So everybody here, to some extent or another, has been touched. What are we going to do with that? Which door do we walk through? What choices do we make in our life? Where do we find the courage to keep going when it's really hard? How can we find the inspiration to use our pain and our sorrow and our suffering to transform into compassion and to offer as a gift to others. The Buddha in his own journey there's this one discourse, I forget the name of the discourse, but it's Basically, I think it's something called, it's translated as not stopping. In his own journey, no matter what arduous travails he was enduring or what blissful states he was experiencing, he wasn't going to stop until he found what he was looking for, real liberation. That can seem like or look like different things to different people. For some people, they have the idea, oh, that means practicing like your hair is on fire. There's a famous line, practice like your hair is on fire. That'll get you going.
1: right?
0: (laughs) And for some people, it's absolutely right on. And I know what it's like actually to practice in that spirit. But for other people, that's not the right way. And I know what it's like to practice in that spirit and have it be both an inspiration or have it be um, a real, real problem. For other people, there can be a sense of a real commitment that looks very different than practicing like your hair is on fire. Maybe you've touched something very profound and you see or you've heard a teaching that says, stop trying. Let go of all the trying. This is what my teacher Punjaji said to me, an Advaita teacher that I was very moved by. He says, give up all your trying. You know, meditation, one meditates, it wears you out until you're finally ready to give up. You know, <laughs> no, try, stop meditating. Try to not meditate. You know? Let go of everything and just relax into your true nature. And I know people who have been profoundly moved by that teaching and i know people who've been who've become very complacent in that teaching oh great nothing to do i like it yeah <laughs> nothing to do nothing to have nothing to be just chill okay i think i, I think i found the path for me you know so it's this kind of Letting go of any idea of what it's going to look like and just staying connected to deep in your heart being moved by the truth. And at different times it can look different ways. But if you have a commitment to keep facing in the right direction towards greater truth, awakening, sincerity, purity, no matter what. And you see the, you trust in life. That's a big one right there. You trust in life enough to let life support you. That's your end of the deal. You just stay connected to your sincere heart, keep on listening to what's true, know that you have a choice here in every moment, not necessarily to turn on the happiness button or the the joy switch, but you have a a, a choice to wake up or have a commitment to wake up, even in your greatest pain, that there's an awareness that can open to this too that's larger than the confusion and the fear and the doubt it's stronger than all the things that get in the way that's the amazing thing if you've had a whole lot of trials and, and tribulations in your life and you say gosh you know i don't know if i can if i have what it takes I like to reflect on the fact that even stronger than all those doubts and trials and tribulations, there's been something that's carried you through. What is that something? Don't miss it. You can't even claim it as yours. It's just calling from someplace deeper than your mind or even your heart That's that's life just calling you and saying, this is possible. Life is here to support you. So many different people to be, but our task is to find out who we are meant to be, what our destiny is, to fulfill it completely not only for our own well-being, but for the well-being of everyone in your life and all beings. So that's my dharma for the night. Um, so we have some time if you want to bring anything up if you hadn't any questions or share any thoughts. Here, you can uh, pass it back to Isabella. Right you.
2: Thanks, and thanks, Adam, maybe we should say. <laughs> it was refreshing to hear you just come from your yeah. heart and off the cuff. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I went through a cycle of that recently and um, what you were talking about and like, well, the spiritual path, I don't think it's for me. I, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> and kind of being stuck in that place of just like, you know, just exactly what you said, which is oh, it's always pertinent when I come here, I hear like what I've been going through. It's amazing. But, um, you know, I it, there's no going back. Once you've started the path, you know. And, um, you know, and so I went out, I went up to Big Basin for a few days alone and camped. And um, when I was coming back, I just had this thing, which I've heard, I'm sure I heard it from you, I've heard it in the Dharma talks, and, and I just needed to be re inspired because I feel that. And what came to me was that my happiness is not dependent on something happening or something not happening, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, wow, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, a little more awakening, (sighs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I just was like, okay, with even having gone through that, because it gave me a deeper understanding Mm -hmm. of what my happiness isn't dependent upon, (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) and I went, oh, and I wouldn't, you know, and so that was just really lovely, and so there's no going back. I do think yeah. that that's true. And it's, yeah. it's um, it maybe looking forward What's mine when I'm up against something that feels like an obstacle in my path, that there is a teaching behind it. That, um, yes, yes. You thank know, a blissful, t- a bliss, a higher bliss, actually. Oh, I mean, yes. that's yeah. the awakening. Yeah. And I feel grateful for it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, too. But no, it's not. It's really what it's about. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's touching a place inside of you that kind of wakes up and says, oh, wow, I can be with this too. This too shall pass. And there is a a, a a place of kindness and goodness and sincerity that can learn to open up to it. Thank you. Here. Um, over there. Is that?
2: Oh, yes. I wanted to share something <coughs> about somebody close. who really inspired me, and that was um. Last week's teacher, Anand Rinpoche, yeah. and it's. I mean, in the beginning, I was like that night. I wasn't into it, and I was bored, and I don't know. But you know, just his presence, I couldn't understand half of what he was saying, but just like <laughs> having him like look at him, looking at him just I've never actually had that with a person. This mm. was just amazing, and so I had a really stressful week, a hard week, but just visualizing his smile just helps me. I mm-hmm. mean it sounds silly, but mm-hmm. I really thank you for inviting him. <laughs> yeah. It's He's been cool. Great. Yeah. So thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> that and that's that's the other mystery about this. It's like often all we need is just an external reminder to wake up what's in here all along. And if somebody has has developed themselves or touched that place of of truth and love their energy field kind of can override our energy field. And it's like, oh, yeah, how cool. You get, you know, you get a, a contact high. You kind of r- resonate, oh, yes, that's another way to be. That's why people have pictures spiritual, you know, of spiritual beings to just remind, oh, yeah, there's this way to be in the world. Isn't that amazing how contagious it is And that's another really good motivation to develop ourselves as fully as possible because in our own way, we are doing that for everybody in our life, you know. Maybe they don't have a picture of us on their altar, you know. Or maybe we're we're their teacher in another way, you know, yes. Yes, this person is a teaching for me. Okay. Um, I mean one way or another we're affecting everybody. So why not just develop ourselves as as beautifully as possible and just have that energy be the one that that activates in somebody else? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, he's a pretty neat guy. Yeah, Jim.
1: Um two things maybe in the last couple of weeks that have happened right in line with what you said. One was Janet's talk a couple of weeks ago Mm. where she had, uh, I'll spill the beans and let you know what she talked about maybe, but if you haven't heard. But she had had us break into triads and talk about what happened for the last 45 minutes while you were sitting.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And the interesting thing was that, you know, this person's experience wasn't the same as mine or the other person's. And then we talked about what it was, the next ride was what, it was, what was it like to, uh, to talk about what it was like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And everybody had like a way different experience of what it was like to share their experience. A lot of people were touched, moved, excited, unnerved maybe some.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And everybody's a little different and there's something exciting about being everything different. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't remember what it was, two weeks ago I guess, I got the opportunity to talk with Yossi for uh, a long lunchtime. Who Yossi here is um, you know, from Israel and he's an anthropologist and he's talking to people about meditation experience. Uh, yeah. And it, he shared how it was, um, how he finds listening to all these people that he's been interviewing about meditation just inspiring, enlightening, uplifting. And you know, I was sharing my experience and thinking maybe you know, some of my special experiences or some of my unusual things or some of my struggles, whatever. And to hear him talk at the end to put me just kind of in the big category of everybody else. And, you know, you're inspirational. You're special. <laughs> just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's so fun. I mean, One of the things I've, it, that Jack does often is he says, I'm going to talk tonight and don't pay too close attention because it's not really very important. But if it touches the wisdom that's in you... Make use of that. Mm-hmm. Let that work for you. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Thank you. You just reminded me some uh, a thought that I that came to me at the end of the retreat in at, on uh, Nanaimo, which I said. Um, just how many different ways there are to be beautiful in this world, and how many different flavors of goodness. There are. Everyone has their own unique expression of their good heart. And yet, it's all coming from the same place. It's like it comes through our individual filters of (coughs) specialness, but it's the universal goodness that just expresses itself through us. It's so amazing. Uh, that's when I, when I think of the Buddha's teaching, he you know, I sometimes think of, you know, Gray's Anatomy. Oh, of course you know Gray's Anatomy, of course, there's a TV show as well. But, um, you know, Gray's Anatomy, the, the classical uh, reference of this is how the human body works. And there are these basic principles, and this is connected to this. And, and yet, everyone has their own unique body that's never been here before. And in the same way, that's how I think of the Buddha and the Buddha's teaching. He says, This is how the human mind works this, this, here's the 52 mental factors, here's the deck you're dealt, and here's you know how it can combine and go here and there, and this is how it can get caught, this is how it can be freed. So it's the basic principle, oh, this is how it all works. And yet, the permutations and combinations are infinite. And Every one of us is not only uh, the combination of our genetics but of all the strands of people that we've taken in that have affected our lives. We are comprised of all the people and events that we've gone through in our uniqueness. How many different ways there are for it to come out? And how many different ways there are to be beautiful and awake and loving. Yeah, one one last one and then we should go. Thank you,
1: Jane, for your When you said let life support you it was like what you're doing up there with your talk that <laughs> is the very essence of Let life support me. Listening to that was really good. Um, Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, hope I did okay. (laughs) 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 Okay. I bet he's a tough marker though. So (laughs) thank you, my boy. Okay, let's close with a with a short loving kindness. Just feeling the blessing of community, being around like-minded friends. (coughs) Feeling the goodness right inside your own heart. Feeling the mystery of having heard something deep that you can't ignore. Realizing that you're a perfect expression of life, just as you are. And it's up to you to discover and celebrate that. Wishing yourself some kind thoughts. May I wake up to all the goodness inside. May I share my love well. May I see through confusion and awaken to the truth of things, my own true nature. And then to extend that to everyone here and to All beings everywhere, may our coming here together, creating this energy field of goodness and wisdom be shared for the benefit of all. May all wake up to their true nature and share their love well. May all beings everywhere know the highest happiness and peace. Thank you very much. (laughs) Have a great week. I'll see you next week. I'm here.